Glad to have you this morning and happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And uh, we, we're just so thankful you joined us for worship. Thanks to Ben for leading us in musical worship. And uh, today, you know, our, our uh, very small two-person production team here is uh, wanting to share faith stories from the body with the body. And many of you were kind enough to send in stories of faith videos. Some people wrote in. I'm going to be reading a faith story here today. But last week we heard about the core value of faith-filled risks, that achieving God's purposes means taking faith-filled risks, which always involves change. And we read in Hebrews 11, without faith it is impossible to please God, because the one who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek after him. So today we're going to be hearing faith stories from, from the body, some from several of you, uh, some in video form, some some being read, but all just what it looks like to live your life in light of God's faithfulness, his goodness, and his promises to you. That's what taking a faithful risk means, living in light of the goodness of God. Before we get there to that to those testimonies, I just wanted to recap for you all of the values that we are, we have talked about at New Life so far. These seven values our values our denomination holds and we at New Life hold. And really these seven values make up the big picture of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. So th I think this is good stuff. It's a great way to look at your life and to measure, to inspire yourself. You know, how am I doing in my walk with Christ? Bringing, bringing it from the abstract into the concrete realm. How am I doing? How am I growing? How am I planning to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ? The first core value we looked at way back when is lost people matter to God. He wants them found. We talked about this idea that all of us are lost apart from God finding us, apart from the grace of Jesus Christ. Um, to be lost is a terrible thing, bound for destruction, going the wrong, the wrong direction at a high speed without hope. And lost people who are going the wrong direction, the wrong way at a high speed matter to God. He wants them found. He is the heart of a shepherd. Um, so people are lost apart from Christ. Christians also get lost from time to time, not in this eternal sense, but in the sense of, of they, they, they lose it in their lives, and they need to be found by Jesus again. And we talked about this idea that we must not be sheep deniers, denying that we are a sheep, because God wants to find lost people, whether they be lost in the sense of not knowing Christ yet or lost in general, um, as we all become from time to time in our lives. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, the Good Shepherd has come to us. Lost people matter to God. He wants them found. Core value number two, prayer is the primary work of God's people. We talked about how, you know, many times the number one thing Christians feel badly about is their prayer life or lack thereof. And we talked about this idea that, you know, becoming a certain kind of person is developed through making a discipline of prayer. You might not feel it, but regular prayer in your life will change you from the inside it will change you. You become what you love. You become like the one that you're praying to. So prayer is a great discipline. It's a great habit to develop because you become something altogether different as you pray. So instead of feeling better about prayer, I just advise you, make a regular time to pray. Pray with other people if you have a hard time praying by yourself. During this uh, COVID-19 sheltering time, call a brother or sister or several on the phone and pray with them. Some of my best times these weeks have been calling someone, catching up, and praying with them and being prayed for by them. It's been a huge source of encouragement and hope 
and there's always more hope in Christ. Prayer is our primary work. It's not complicated. Jesus teaches in Luke 11, you know, we just ought to praise God, then ask him for things. And if a sin has come between us and God, we simply confess it, and it comes under the blood. Simple. Praise God. Ask God for things. Confess your sins. You know, God is a good father. We must believe in the goodness of God, that he wants us found, that he wants to hear from us, and he, he is okay with us having these short prayers or being, you know, it, do, it doesn't have to be whatever you've made in your mind. Prayer can be something altogether different. It's just important that you do it because when you do it, you become an altogether different type of person. You become what you love and move towards. The third core value we talked about is stewardship, that everything we have belongs to God, and we are only stewards. God has entrusted some of us with little and some of us with much. Whatever we have to start with is not significant. What is significant is that we view everything we have and everything we are as belonging to God and view ourselves as being stewards, faithful stewards, who are making good investments with what God's given us, whether that be our finances, whether that be our, t- our time, our gifts and talents, whatever it might be, our family and our family's life, just recognizing it's all God's and holding it with an open hand, saying everything belongs to you, God. We are only a caretaker and living our lives in that way. Jesus talks about money quite a bit in the Bible. and He says, of course, the love of money is the root of all evil. He says something very shocking, which is you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot have a master in money in the sense that Uh, You say, everything is about money. Um, You must acknowledge that everything belongs to God if you want to live free. You can't be enslaved by a love of money. Uh, It is literally like worshiping a different God to make that your focal point in life. And it's so easy for us to fall into that place where our security lies in our stuff, our money, and not in God. And we become tight-fisted with what God's given us. We we stop investing in the kingdom. So... um, Everything belongs to God. We are only stewards. The fourth value that we talked about as we went into this um, sheltering in place in the beginning of March, uh, knowing and obeying God's word is fundamental to all true success. We talked about how God's word, the Bible, it's inbreathed by God. God's literal breath is in these words. When you read it, the Holy Spirit breathes life into it. It becomes for you a living word from God. And once God speaks to you, if you don't do something with what he says, it's useless. Lots of people know the Bible well, but they do not obey God because for whatever reason, they have a rebellious heart. They think they know better. The word of God is a breathing book, and knowing and obeying it will determine your success in life. We talked about um, other books as well, that Christian books and other books we might read, they're really useful. They're great, but they're different from the word of God. We have to get into the Bible for ourselves and hear from God ourselves. The fifth core value is the Great Commission, that completing the Great Commission will require the mobilization of every fully devoted disciple of Christ. That when we are in Christ, we are, we are in the person of Jesus, and God's Spirit is manifest in us, and we can worship anywhere in Christ. And it's our time as the church, as God's plan A for sharing about his love and grace with the world, about his, the good news of his victory over sin and death and his invitation to life abundantly. It's our job as God's church 
to complete that great commission. Not the job of the pastor, not the job of the elders. It's every believer's job, and we must all be mobilized to do this job well. So I encourage you that we do not hide in your isolation. A couple months ago I said this, do not hide just because you are isolated and sheltered in place, but get creative and be the church safely in this age of God's spirit as he is speaking and breathing and moving and guiding his people. Jesus values releasing and empowering his disciples who will step out in faith even while they are arrested in doubt sometimes. Even as they, as they fear, they step out in faith and they follow him. And God is pleased to release us as we step out in faith. The sixth core value is without the Holy Spirit's empowerment, we can't accomplish anything. The Bible teaches very plainly in John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know, Jesus said, makes it very clear. You might do a lot of things, but you're not doing anything. Um, to really bear fruit for God, we need the Holy Spirit's empowerment desperately. And God's work is accomplished when we recognize this fact and we abide in Christ. It goes along with that core value, everything belongs to God. It's like saying nothing is impossible without God, but with God, all things are possible. Without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish nothing. And finally, last week, we looked at Hebrews 11, faith-filled risk. That achieving God's purpose means taking faith-filled risks. This always involves change. These are our seven core values. At 10.30, I have a post that's going to go onto our Facebook page, which has a core value self-evaluation. This is a discipleship inventory for you to use to evaluate where, am, where are you in your life with Christ? You know, where is your heart? Where is your allegiance? You know, how are you doing in your faith? This is not an abstract, doesn't have to be an abstract, amorphous concept. This is very concrete. And John Soper, who created this inventory, did an excellent job of framing the questions around each core value in such a way that you can really get a deep analysis. Am I living the life, or am I just kind of going along lackadaisically without a plan uh, in this world? So I encourage you to download that self-evaluation PDF from our Facebook page. It went live at 1030. Look at these questions. Evaluate where you are in Christ. Use it as a tool to grow in your discipleship. Because I know that even though we're all sheltering in place, we're all separated from each other at this time, each of us, God is doing a new work. You know, this, this quarantine business did not take God by surprise. He, he is not shocked at the new revelations each week as we hear more about how long it's going to be or what it's going to entail. He knows. And he has a plan for each of us to grow in Christ during this time. We just need to embrace it. We need to look beyond our current circumstance and say, how am I doing? How am I following Jesus during this time? Um, again, it's going to require the mobilization of every disciple to share, to be an emissary, an ambassador for God's good news in this age, in this way. We need to connect with God meaningfully, hear from God, and do the work of an evangelist, sharing about the good news of Jesus Christ with this world creatively and safely in these days, which again, did not take God by surprise. God has a plan and he, his plan is still to use us just in a different way as we are sheltering in place. So faith-filled risks, achieving God's purpose means taking faith-filled risks, always involves change. Do the self-evaluation, see how God is speaking to you and wanting to grow you during this time. And with that, as promised, I wanted to share with you some faith stories. The first is a written faith story as our people of this body 
are following Jesus uh, in their own personal lives. I've invited them to share with me what God is doing and what God is saying to them. So here's a letter I got from our good friend Gene Woodring. Pastor Nate, I hope this gets to you in time. I have been praying for the right words. The past two weeks have been tough. Praying and talking to God have been the only things to help me through a very stressful time. You see, a very good friend of mine was in the hospital. He had a lot of issues that did not have anything to do with the coronavirus. I met Sterling and his wife Liz in January when I started to help Liz care for her husband. In a very short time, I considered them family. The three of us honestly believed that God wanted us to meet. We all felt comfortable with expressing our love for the Bible. When we were quarantined, I knew Liz had a very hard decision to make. Sterling's health was very delicate. He had only one lung, was on oxygen, and had many other health issues. The last time I saw Sterling was talking to him with a screen door between us. I would call frequently to let him know he was in my thoughts and prayers. Two weeks ago, Liz had to make the decision to have him brought to the hospital. Our biggest fear. The doctors did try to help him, but the decision was made to let go and let God. I didn't want him to go, but I had to have faith that God would do what was best for Sterling. I called him in the hospital room. Liz held the phone to his ear. I told Sterling that I was so very happy God brought us together. I told him I loved him, and he will forever be in my heart. With many tears, I prayed and asked God to stop Sterling's suffering and to bring him home. About two hours later, Sterling made his heavenly journey home. I had enough faith to know that God would do what he felt was right. Meeting and getting to know Sterling and Liz helped me to grow closer to God. I had the faith to know that God helps us to be strong when we would prefer to be weak. Gene Woodring. Let's just pray and thank God for this experience, as difficult as it was. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for using Gene as your ambassador of your love and your grace in the lives of Sterling and Liz. We thank you for bringing Sterling home to be with you. And I, th- and I pray right now for Liz as she continues to be in relationship with, uh, with Jean. And I just pray that you would continue to bless her, to comfort her in her grief. But we do thank you, God, that we can let go and let, and let you do what you're going to do. For you are trustworthy and you are good. And I thank you for, for working in this special way within Jean. In Jesus' name, amen. I have some other written, written uh, faith stories that will probably come out on our, on our social media or be emailed out, but I now have a story from Mary Jo to share with you on video. Hi, New Life Fellowship. Um, it's Mary Jo Kovaleski. I've never done a video before, so yeah, it's a little scary, but uh, I felt like uh, when I listened to Nathan last week and on Wednesday about sharing something about uh, how you know God's working in your life or has worked in your life uh, I needed to speak up because since we're doing our core values the one core value that always rings home to me is you know uh, taking those faith-filled risks and uh, what that looks like and to be honest with you um, when I came to new life uh, I was a, a baby Christian it was like 1997 when Ed and I came to New Life. We had only been married a few years. 
uh, I became a Christian before I met Ed in 1988. Um, um, I was married and had two kids, and my husband passed away in 1988, and uh, it was at that time that I had to get on my knees and ask God for help because I just didn't have anywhere else to turn. So uh, so uh, when I came to New Life, I was still, you know, trying to figure out what it meant to follow God, and um, it was very the very first time I ever heard that spoken, you know, taking faith filled risks for God, had really had no idea uh, what that looked like. So um, anyway, fast forward uh, at New Life a few years, I'm sitting in a service listening to our pastor at the time speak, and uh, they were announcing a, um, a trip, a short-term mission trip, which until New Life, I didn't even know short-term missions <laughs> existed. Um, so, and uh, this team was going to Bosnia. Sitting in that service, uh, I actually heard God say, you know, you're, you're supposed to be on that team. You're supposed to be on that team. I had no idea, idea why, or why he would send me there. I didn't even know where Bosnia was on the map. I had to go and look at it, you know, like, oh yeah, former Yugoslavia. <laughs> Anyway, it was a real risk for me because Ross was very young, uh, like six years old or something. Ed wasn't really keen about the idea, but when I told him I felt God spoke to me, he couldn't really buck me on that. And you know, you can't really argue with me most of the time anyway. So he, he gave in to that and um, I went on this trip and it was kind of scary, my first transatlantic flight. Um, um, but I have to say, uh, God used that trip to change the trajectory of my life. And, I, and I'm not kidding when I say that. My whole life changed because of just that one, that one yes. Um, I, you know, there was, I can tell you a lot of things that happened in that trip that were great, getting to know the people on the trip, you know, the team that I went with, getting to be a roommate with Connie Patty, who I didn't really know at all when I uh, went on that trip. And um, she was a great um, encourager and role model to be on the trip with. But while I was there, um, God really broke my heart for the women of Bosnia. Um, the women that I met were just like you and I and, you know, just wanted to feed their children. And a lot of them didn't have the means. So I came home with that heartache uh, for the women there. Um, we did a lot of things with the women while we were there. We did, you know, beauty days with them. And so, yeah, I mean, it just, it changed my heart for the women there, especially, but just understanding a more global perspective about what women in other uh, countries go through compared to the, the kind of life that we get to live. Uh, so I just wanted to share that. Um, you know, since that time, I got really involved with the women in Bosnia. I had opportunity to go back and, um, you know, the, the international workers there, you know, reached out and gave us an opportunity, me as a person and us as a, a church community, to take part in helping the women of Bosnia. And that's been a blessing. And God has continued to use that platform for me to talk to women all the time uh, about his love and his glory. Hi everybody, we're the Soupies. We wanted to give you a little faith story. Um, so before we were Christians, 
life was tough. We we didn't have such a good life. We were living by the flesh, and living by the flesh is living by the devil, basically, um, in the short term. So what I wanted to say is that God has moved so much in our life that everything that we used to do as non-Christians has now pretty much disappeared. It's just now battling the fleshly desire. Um, God has been helping us to improve our marriage, uh, improve lives of those around us by ministering to them and, and bringing them to accept Christ. Um, also, my wife here now feels like a true partner, like we can both battle this bef together, whereas before she would kind of fight everything that, that we did biblically. Um, yeah, so I don't know if my wife wants to add anything or not, but... Mike said everything, basically. We just wanted to say that uh, our, our life is very different than it was mm -hmm. three years ago, and that's because we chose to walk through, um, walk with Christ, not walk through. Well, walk through, too. Same Whatever. <laughs> I can stop being politically correct. <laughs> right? Because that's not what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to go with what Christ wants us to do, right? So we're supposed to stand up for the, the oppressed and the sick we're supposed to help the sick be neighborly and be there for things. each other especially during this rough times that is happening right now you gotta you gotta think about it this way too is where god set us here set us apart from other animals to represent him on earth to those who do not know him and if we're not following everything that we're commanded then how can you expect yourself to get followers? But on another note, Happy Mother's Day, Mamas. Bye. Bye. I just wanted to send a little video uh, with a testimony. Jeff is actually way up high in Maine, in Lee, Maine. Uh, so he's not able to be with me for this. I uh, got called away last night. But I just wanted to say that it was it's very hard to go back very far at all for the miracles because we live in a miracle every day and I'm I'm just so touched by how much the Lord um, is so good. Um, he carries us and wakes me up in the morning with some fresh ideas uh, for the day and normally I can't have the chance to bring the words that he would want me to say or share with the person that day. Um, I just think that there is absolutely nothing like the peace of Christ. There's no experience like it. Um, the peace that he brings is so strong that it just brings us through anything, anything at all. And this is a tough time. Uh, it's tough to be in. Uh, I miss people desperately. I miss my children. I miss my grandchildren. Um, but 
um, seems to me the small little ways that people are starting to talk to each other that are total strangers uh, on levels that we've never been able to do for maybe maybe many years um, people are getting out of their phones um, they're lifting their heads um, and uh, enjoying weather and they're enjoying even the air that we breathe so I just wanted to say thank you thank you for being my church and I know you're there even when I can't see you and one day we're going to be back together again uh, even if we start six feet apart sometime or we get to start in our vehicles uh, it won't like be like that so long we'll be back okay I love y'all and uh, so does Jeff so um, talk to you soon Bye. Good morning, New Life Fellowship. Julie Chandler here. Just wanted to, first of all, say how much I miss you guys, how much I miss coming together as a church, and what that um, does. I think that the body coming together is so nourishing. Uh, it's important. That's why God tells us to do that. And so coming together uh, in person is so important. Coming together uh on Zoom, um, being there on Sundays, uh, supporting Nathan as he's uh, teaching us and feeding us the word. All of that is so important. I just want to uh, encourage you guys to uh, look at your story. God's been talking to me a lot about my story and what my story has been up to this point in my life and what my story is now and what my story um, is supposed to look like going forward. So the challenge for me is to take that consistency that God has been uh, with me in my life. I've been very fortunate to be a Christian since I was really small. Uh, that can be an advantage at times and a disadvantage at times um, because we do get a little comfortable with how things are done and when things are done. So now that that's been all disrupted, I have been really challenged um, as how my story's going to look a little differently and a lot differently. So I wanted to, to challenge you guys to look at your story and ask God how he wants to work in your story, how he wants to unfold things in your life, things that he's placed in you. I know there's things he's placed in me that I um, have just not been comfortable with for whatever reason, fear, um, intimidation, just things like that. I, I'm asking him to unfold my story differently now, and I believe he is. I think he's working right now on the internal part of all of that. So I want to know what, what, how I can contribute that uh, story to new life now and as we move forward in the future. And I just believe that God is um, truly making us stronger if we'll allow him. Um, you know, it's just like exercise or anything else. We actually have to do the work um, to see the results. And I think asking God to show us that, show those things in our story that we want to change, that we want to develop. It's like writing a book. How are those things going to develop? How is that story going to develop? Um, so uh, that's what God's been working on with me. 
So I just uh, pray that he is also working in all of you uh, in so many ways because none of us have not been affected by uh, this whole time in our lives. And we can look at it through the eyes of hope or we can look at it through the eyes of hopelessness. And I know that we've had conversations with people where you can see that hope or the hopelessness. And maybe we can have in that conversation, we can inject that hope that Christ has given us. So I love you guys and um, hope to see you soon. Bye. So thankful to those of you that sent in videos and shared testimonies. There will probably be, probably be some more on Facebook this week. But uh, the whole idea, I think Julie shared it well, during this time as we are disrupted, what is God trying to do in your life in terms of your discipleship, growing in Christ? Again, this whole crisis does not take God by surprise. He has a plan for each of his disciples, each of you, who go by the name of Jesus Christ of Christian. He has a plan to grow you. So I encourage you, um, take him up on his plan, his desire. Go on to our Facebook, download that PDF of our, of our core values and, and, and do a self-evaluation, a reflection time. Lost people matter to God. He wants them found. Prayer is the primary work of God's people. Everything we have belongs to God. We are only caretakers. Knowing and obeying God's word is fundamental to all true success. It will take every devoted disciple to complete God's great commission. Without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish nothing. And achieving God's purposes means taking faith-filled risks, which always involves change. Answer those questions. Look into your life. See how God spurs you on to love and good deeds. Ben is going to be closing us with a song, uh, a song I love by Daryl Evans called Your Love is Extravagant. Before he does that, I'd like to just share with you from Hebrews 10, 19. As we have been encouraging one another in the faith this morning through this new format, and as we are encouraged by those who went before us in our past. Hebrews 10, 19 says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Thank you so much for joining us for worship today. I thank, thank the body for sharing those stories and for Ben for leading us in worship. It's so wonderful to be with you all and uh, to not give up meeting together just because we have this hurdle of technology and, and because we can have all kinds of things that can go wrong, as, as you can see this morning, but not to give up, to persevere in, in what God is doing in us now, knowing he has a plan for our lives. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Uh, and uh, we hope you join us this week on Zoom at 7 o'clock p.m. for our church hangout time. Uh, we'd love to have you. I'd like to close with a prayer from Scripture. There's nothing quite as awesome as finding a prayer in Scripture that you can pray for yourself or for other people. I mean, you know it's a God-breathed prayer. 
And so you can pray it with great confidence. And uh, I, would, I would encourage you, find the prayers of Scripture and pray them many times in the beginning and the end of the letters in the New Testament. Uh, but I want to pray for you and for myself and for the body this morning from Colossians 1, verse 9. New Life Fellowship, every person watching this broadcast on the internet, every person that comes to this church on a normal Sunday morning, every man, woman, and child, I ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And I pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I bless you with that prayer, New Life Fellowship, to go forth, to grow in Christ, to be his witnesses. I bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dispersed, going to be the church.